0: welcome to another episode of the limitless life podcast i am your host kyle smith and joined with me today is con lavery right
1: that's right con Excellent. lavery yeah.
0: who is a canadian horror and dark fantasy writer who is known for his mental damnation series the second book dream reached the edmonton journal's top five selling fictional books list he started writing fantasy stories at a very young age while being homeschooled. It wasn't until graduating college that he became professionally pursuing his work with his first release, Reality. Since then, he has continued to write works of fiction ranging from fantasy to horror. His literary work is done in the long hours of the night. By day, Khan runs his own graphic design and website development business under the title Reveal Design. These skills has been transcribed into the formatting and artwork found within his publications, supporting his fascination of transmedia storytelling. Khan, my man,
1: (laughs) welcome. Thank you. Glad to
0: be here. Fantastic having you here. So my friend, you are an author, right? Yes. Uh, A question that I was kind of pondering when I was going for a walk is what inspired you to become that author?
1: Oh, uh it goes way back to when I was like a little kid. Um so I've been like writing forever. Uh not very good stuff at the beginning. Like when I was 8 years old, I was uh writing stories uh for actually for a board game I was working on and it was like this strategy board game with a grid and uh ultimately I just got more interested in telling the stories and I had tried different mediums um all throughout my life and like video games, I think would be the first inspiration. And then books, kind of like the Red Wall novel. But yeah, I tried different mediums. Like I played around with cartoons with Adobe Flash or Macromedia Flash. And then I tried some role playing games, like uh, making modules for like Neverwinter Nights. And I got way more interested in telling the stories rather than the mechanics of the art form. Um, I even tried like comics in high school. And I, I just wanted to tell really good stories. So books really fit that because you can just drill into stuff um, on and on. So yeah, I just kept writing my whole life, but I didn't start professionally pursuing it until like 2011. And then the first book came out in 2012. Um, It actually, because I wrote that mental damnation series in high school and a friend of mine, she looked at it while I was in college and was like, this is actually, you got something here. You should, pick it up again um because i dropped the whole writing thing for a few years and then uh, her encouragement um kind of like gave me the push i needed and i had the graphic design skills from college so i was like ah, oh, you know what maybe i can do something with this and that would have been 2010 so or 2009 when like self-publishing was just starting to come out so i uh yeah i was like yeah maybe i can take a shot at this on my own and uh here we are today
0: that's pretty sweet. So, uh, what are some of your inspirations? Cause you definitely have a very, uh, dark (laughs) sense of writing. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm just curious about your inspirations and why, what, what, how is it? Yeah. What are your inspirations?
1: Inspiration? I, it's going to sound super cliche, but I'm inspired by life. (laughs) Like it's everything you do. Like, You can read the news you can go on the internet you can take a walk like everything can and just kind of gets absorbed into your head and you don't know how it's going to come out in the writing but it does but you you might hear something that or hear a conversation on the bus like yeah you know that might be kind of a neat idea for a story um for the actual like author career i've really been inspired by a lot of musicians um other authors like everyone usually inspired by Stephen King, um, H.P. Lovecraft. Um, those are kind of go-tos for the horror. And then, oddly enough, I like how musicians do DIY stuff, and it was a lot more common for musicians to do it before the rise of self-publishing. So I was always impressed by bands like Cell Dweller or Nine Inch Nails um, uh, or even KMFDM, how they just went and did their own thing. And uh, that I found that really cool.
0: That's pretty sweet, yeah, um, so when when so it was your friend that encouraged you to uh, pursue the writing, correct? because I was gonna it's... ask like how how that goes, so in that moment, like did you know an inkling that you're like, you know what? maybe I do got something like what yeah. inspired you to get her to read it?
1: uh, it was actually just a conversation because, um, oh wait, I think I was teaching at the college at this point memory's a little fuzzy. Either way, I was at the college and she worked as the secretary at the front. So we were just kind of chit-chatting between classes and uh I think we were just talking about hobbies and stuff we used to do and I just, you know, no big deal, just like name drop. I was like, "I I wrote a book in in high school." And she's like, "What?" <laughs> and I didn't think of anything of it, but I was like, "Yeah, I I did." So she wanted to read it and she she's a she's a funny lady. She read it and then she when she was reading it and then had to put it in her freezer cause she just got it too scared of it. And it's like, Nope, I'm, I need to take a break <laughs> and anything bad in that I'm just going to let freeze it. And then when I'm ready to read it. um, So that was actually kind of the encouraging thing hearing her have that kind of a reaction to, to the writing. And I I've always wanted to write and it's kind of a long game thing where I think I'm just forever going to be writing, whether I like it or not, it's, almost kind of a fixation. So uh, being able to get people to validate it was kind of a thing be like, oh, so I can write for me, but then once I've revised and finished the stories, I can give it to the rest of the world to enjoy.
0: That's pretty cool. I was listening to the Andrew Huberman podcast and Rick Rubin was on there and his book is really good. I really enjoy his book. It's called The Creative Act, uh, The Uh Art of Being. Nice. And something something he talks about, it, or a philosophy that I've adopted that I was inspired by from the book, is that the medium does not matter. Creativity and art stirs emotions. Ah, yeah.
1: I like that. I like that. And I, yeah, I agree with that because it that should be every artist of any medium that should kind of be their base point is to stir something up, because um, I think that's really important. Otherwise, you're just kind of making, there doesn't seem to be much of a point.
0: Yeah, there's no intention behind it, so it's just hollow.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: like AI art.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, but
1: damn, it looks cool. <laughs> it looks oh. cool, but it, man, it's hollow. <laughs> totally,
0: totally. It's so, it's so crazy, so crazy. So when when, when it comes to uh, books, where do you find, you're know, obviously walking around, but uh, can you think of some, prominent times that like you just you're just like oh shit uh i'm gonna write a freaking story oh yeah you can swear a fucking story (laughs) around this one specific moment do you have a moment that kind of pops out to your mind um where it's almost like a moment of enlightenment and you're just like shit i just wrote a whole book in like 30 seconds
1: yeah yeah no i get those frequently whether i'm like exercising or at the the bar um showering anything really like i think uh i had one fairly recently i'm kind of working on it's just kind of basic rough story for now but it's yeah i had that idea now living by the in vancouver so it's like i see the ocean i see all the freight ships and they have all these sea cans that are literally bringing in all the consumer goods to north america so I'm, i'm at the edge of North America and seeing this stuff happen, like, yeah, I should write a good horror story about being on one of those ships. (laughs) So that would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of something I've been playing with um, my current work in progress. And um, I'd say that'd be the latest kind of aha moment and pieced it all together and got the beginning, middle and end basically figured it out. And uh, now just got to type out the words.
0: That's pretty cool. So do you find, the process of visualizing and like conceptualizing that thought and to the point of finished product where people are purchasing, what's that process like for you?
1: Oh, it it varies drastically. I would say with any sort of creative project with like writing or design or even like music or drawing um, I learned a, a very solid method from college where it's all about design. And first is basically knowing the scope of the project, which is what the end result should be, um, with design. And then it's like budget and timeline. So knowing those, and then starting from the beginning is kind of the idea brainstorming part. If with design, you're doing thumb sketches with writing a book, I found, I more so do a lot more research and, um, brainstorming premises. So I'll write like quick one sentences to describe what the book could be about. Um, researching helps to see like with the sea can thing, for example, learning about how long does it take these boats to travel across the ocean? What um, all that kind of stuff, how scuba diving, like how deep can someone dive? And as you start generating these ideas, not all of them work and you scrap them. That's kind of the point. Then you drill down to find the good ones and uh, yeah, then you get kind of get into that production phase where it's just about the the hours you put into it, whether it's typing or um, designing the logo and uh, yeah, using your hand essentially to do that. So yeah, that's kind of the whole process. It's almost, it sounds very rigid because it kind of is, but the, it's just kind of like trust the process. It'll always work. Sometimes you get a freebie and you dream about something super rad and then you're like, all right, I don't have to, I don't have to work. <laughs> I just can do this.
0: <laughs> yeah. I like that. A freebie where it's just like, Oh shit. That, that yeah. Those are cool. great.
1: It's, yeah. Like the Eureka moment you mentioned, it's kind of like nice, but if you don't have an idea, like um, as a creative professional, you basically, it's your job to be creative. So you got to come up with stuff on the spot and that's where that process of elimination really works where you start with a bunch of, broad simple ideas whether it's some thumb sketches or one sentence premises of a story and you just find the one
0: that's pretty sweet I think uh, I think the process I think a lot of folks are really dialed in on their craft know the process like knows the the things that like give her and it and every and every endeavor that I've ever like chatted with someone it always starts with the global and then it breaks it down into the smaller chunks and it's just because it's like you you break it up into the middle beginning and the end right you just have like all yes. the fillers in between and then it just depends on that because something writing is something that i'm going to be working on this year i haven't done much at all in the last <laughs> little bit but i have the intention so at least I'm in nice. the right direction uh no pun intended yeah right <laughs> so so when it comes to the process uh itself do you ha- find like, uh, well, I guess you already mentioned that walking or, and just when you're busy doing things then ideas come up, uh, do you find that there is moments where nothing is coming to you? And what do you do in those really, like, you're just, you're on a dry spell of ideas.
1: Oh yeah. Different methods for the medium I'm working on for writing. I find just, Typing things down helps you get past that um, and putting it in your head like, okay, obviously this these first couple paragraphs are going to get deleted later. So I can just type whatever I want and that kind of gets the wheels turning again, kind of like when drawing or designing something, you just start drawing swirls or something. So you get that motion and your brain starts to remember To work again, (laughs) and I find that helps with any sort of creative block. Um, it's just to get the brain where it needs to be rather than it getting stuck in. Usually, I found those blocks happen when you've got this kind of editor hat on, and you think what you're good, what you're gonna make has to be perfect from the get go. It's like, no, get messy, make that first thing a complete disaster, (laughs) fix it later. As, As long as you have it, you got something to work with.
0: And then the rest of it is just chipping away. Yep. I think that was a good lesson for me today. That was good. Hey. <laughs> yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah. Nice. Get my Zelia. Yeah. Have a little bevy too, you yeah. know? Woo. <laughs> That's super yeah, cool. That... Oh, it is. Thank yeah, you very uh... much. That was very enlightening, actually. That no, was really good. Because it's actually funny because I put it, I, I've been really enjoying making reels. Like just editing nice. reels and stuff like that. It's just been fun. Yeah. and i've been viewing it as a creative outlet so i've i i haven't been looking at it as so much of a chore like when yeah. i get it in there i'm just like do, 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 do. it's cool and i'm doing yeah. it on my phone and it just works for work as well right yeah and uh something something i think is really cool with uh the creativity the creativity side of just like coming up with something i kind of forgot how it actually tied into what you were saying before <clears throat> but uh <laughs> But something I think is really fun about the creativity is oh, when it comes to editing. There we go. Now I'm back mm, on track. Yeah. So when it comes to editing specific, I actually say to myself, it's better to have, or I heard someone else say it, I, I think. And they it said, it's better to have more footage than less footage because you yes. can't add more footage
1: Yeah. kind of yep. thing. And I was
0: like, oh, that's a good lesson. So now oh, yeah. it's the same thing. Okay. Now I'm actually just going to change the medium, same belief. Yes. Nice. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, very much. Like, have a bunch of ideas because then you, you'll you see the ones that work and the ones that don't work. And they're equally as important because when you see something that really doesn't work, it's like, okay, now I know exactly where this
0: shouldn't go. <laughs> nice. How, how, how uh, much does uh, ego impact your writing? So, yeah, let's go with that. I think that's a cool question. It's
1: a good one. You know, I think it's one of those things that kind of creeps into everyone's life, no matter what they think of themselves. And um, yeah, it totally has in ways I haven't thought. Like, because um, the ego is such a yeah, it's such a mutating concept that's mm. with you forever. I, unless you can like disappear in the mountains and live in a cave, you're never going to get rid of it. Even then, you're, you're probably going to still deal with it. So, for I've I've dealt with it in all forms of phases of my writing like when i was mentioning external validation um then certain i'd submit to a bunch of awards to see if like my writing was any good and i think that comes from a lot of insecurity and that was the ego was just constantly not thinking it was good enough um and i I think it's relaxed a lot more maybe it's uh (laughs) it's a little more cocky now in the sense that uh, it's confidence where it's like i know i can do this um so I think mostly, yeah, it's always the ego you're trying to battle with in terms of the actual writing style. I don't think it comes off too much. It's good to have confidence in your words um, and being bold. And then you're actually, it's surprising to see how much better that affects your writing. Because a lot of the, especially with writing, when someone's new to it, they tend to beat around the bush, like vague booking, making a post and be like something exciting's coming. And Writers have a bad habit of doing that because they're shy and insecure with their words and they don't want to give things away. But, uh, the more you write, you learn to be bold and it's like, great. That keeps readers engaged.
0: Damn. That was a good answer, dude. <laughs> Shit. Okay. You just dropped another, you just dropped a good little knowledge ball on that one too, man. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh my goodness.
1: Yeah. The ego is a, it's a tough thing that we always deal with. Um, Yeah. And it's, uh, I think staying, trying to stay open to it is, uh, what a healthy mechanism, just knowing it's always going to be there and, um, things will affect you personally. And that is the ego getting, getting hit, (laughs) whatever (laughs) it might be. And, you know, I think a little bit of ego is a healthy thing as a human being. Um, it makes you real.
0: I completely agree with that. Oh, the kitty's yeah. there now. Nice. Yeah, she's uh, she's got thoughts. <laughs> that's
1: yeah, that's her ego. <laughs> nice.
0: I yeah, I think I think it's so interesting because, like, what you're what you're describing. So, uh, you're an advanced writer. I think this is pretty cool. Just neat little thought. But you're an advanced writer. I would consider myself <clears throat> less than beginner. I didn't even put on the white belt yet. I would not <laughs> consider myself there yet. I yeah. have the systems. I actually have a system before I have. Any content, but I'm like, yeah. I like my systems, just need to execute now. Yeah. But I think something that's so cool it, as a beginner, listening to you talk about that as writing way, it's it's uh competent confidence, it's not arrogant confidence. Yeah. And it's neat just hearing that the the ego is always gonna be there. And I think in any endeavor, like the ego is always gonna be there. Just like I find that we gotta make peace. And have conversations with the ego rather than let it rule us and yeah it it just becomes like really like nasty if we just listen to the shitty talk because we wouldn't do much no
1: no we wouldn't or you try to suppress it all the time and then you do the opposite of the ego and usually that's like being overly passive or not doing anything and it's that's not good either
0: Yeah, and then and then you just perpetuate that same problem. You're just like, or whatever reasons. It's either you think you're too good, or you don't think you're good enough. There's not a good balance of the two.
1: No, and it's 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 dangerous when you get when you think you're too good because like you can topple into that arrogance section you were just saying where it's like yeah yeah, you got confidence in your stuff and then you just kind of put on these blinders where you're like oh I know how to do this I know that and then. You just stop essentially learning and growing because you you think you know everything, and then
0: you're stuck. Crazy, I think that's why. I think it's very important. I would consider myself lucky in this particular situation because I just like talking to strangers, and that's how we met. Yeah. I was walking Bella, and Lindsay <laughs> liked Bella, and I yep. just tra- started chatting with both of you, and yeah. here we are now. <laughs> yeah, it, so, it worked out great. Yeah, it's pretty decent, man. It's pretty decent. Uh, so with with chatting with a bunch of people uh that I think are doing like really cool things I found myself uh just more curious about how to do things in my own way as well like I'm, I'm like an accumulation of a bunch of really neat cool people right yeah yeah and oh yeah and I keep that I keep that frame and I think it's neat just hearing different perspectives or being able to just take little tidbits of knowledge and just accumulate I think that' like having that kind of crew has helped me mitigate my ego flare-ups. Yeah.
1: Oh, it does. Cause uh, you get different perspectives. Cause everyone's in their own, essentially their own world. And if you've got, if you hang out with like a diverse group of people, you get to see things that you'd and hear about things you would have never thought about before.
0: Totally. So I want to talk about your latest book because you had a cool point on it, or your second latest book. You have a later, yes. later book. Yes. So I want to talk about the one that you're recently doing it because you said it was a choose-your own adventure book, and that's yeah. very intriguing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's um. It's uh. Yeah. This one here, the Beyond the Macrocosm. It's uh, interactive short stories of dread and wonder, and uh, it's a really fun little collection that I put together where. The stories were written, the short stories were written over the span of two years, some of them previously published in anthologies, uh, some of them on my Patreon, and then some of them just free on the blog, and put them all together with an overarching story um, where it's told in the second person. And second person perspective is you, the reader. So you're actually in the book. um, And that's what a lot of these uh, choose your own path stories are like where it's you're the character running through and making the choices so you're with um, this kind of ghoulish character trying to save the universe and you got to go through these short stories to find the clues and break um, the riddle and if you break the riddle you make it to the end of the book but if you don't you go back to the beginning and you have to find the new paths to try and collect the clues.
0: Oh shit. Okay. That's pretty cool. What inspired yeah. that? Why'd you, why'd you want to do that?
1: Uh, I've been wanting to write kind of an interactive book for a long, long time. Um, so I figured I, I should do it at some point and I thought it'd be a fun challenge to put it in with short stories. Cause usually with interactive fiction, it's like one story and um, that's what you get. But with this, you get to read little short stories in between the main plot and uh yeah i thought i'd put it together i don't know if i'll do another one um maybe we'll see where the future goes
0: that's pretty cool and your recent one was uh before that is rave correct
1: rave yeah that was a slasher horror that um takes place in prince george and there's a lot of fun to write cuz uh it it takes a lot of inspiration from the underground music scene where i had a lot of involvement in um and yeah the characters are like you're saying before you're an accumulation of everyone you meet so like unintentionally these characters are just blobs of everyone i've ever met <laughs> plus uh, my own creativity of stuff so a lot of i took uh liberty of making them however i want doing crazy things so it's not like oh that's your friend from high school isn't it <laughs> it's like no 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 <laughs> it's not just Coincidence, (laughs) yeah. Disclaimers in the
0: front. All the names have been changed. (laughs) Oh,
1: I do have a disclaimer on my books. Like at the beginning, it's like this is all fiction, and if there, it's a coincidence. If it's, uh, unless it's like directly something, but it's a coincidence that it lines up, and it's not meant to be harm. It's just fiction. So, because yeah, I I get that question all the time. People are like, "Oh, is this character like?" your ex-girlfriend or is this something like no it's just just fiction that's all it is just
0: sounded like a good idea <laughs> oh my goodness yeah don't want uh there's a movie i believe that is something someone i don't think it's the one with johnny depp but there is a movie where someone is a writer the main character is a writer and he's writing things that are a little bit too close to home <laughs> and so he yep. starts getting investigated as one of the people because he knows so much information Yeah,
1: I'm pretty sure the movie.
0: I'm pretty sure that's a movie, at least. I don't think I came up with that. So,
1: well, there's also true versions, and I'm not going to remember the book's name, but it was in Japan. This lady basically wrote these murder mysteries or wrote a murder mystery book. Um, and it's actually how she killed her husband. (laughs) So, to get really dark, (laughs) yeah, that's uh, you can look it up and probably just type in like Japan author uh murdered husband true story and you'll find it and she, she got arrested because <laughs> she basically wrote and told everyone how she did it and just changed the names and it's like oh boy oh my goodness
0: that's just the way that you want to go you're like i know i'm gonna get caught this is how i want it to be <laughs> yeah. as a best-selling author <laughs>
1: yeah it's insane and uh obviously the book's unpublished now but you can find used copies apparently and it's written in japanese so like um i don't know how to read it but no yeah, interest either actually yeah <laughs> i don't not... want
0: that'd be freaky i feel yeah. like that would be like a cursed book
1: oh yeah yeah like uh and I, personally i'm despite writing horror i'm i'm pretty sensitized to horror i used to like it as a teen like real gore and stuff but as i've gotten older i'm quite soft <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to see that or hear any of that stuff
0: well, I think it's, it's, I think it's, a, I think it's a good thing to be selective of your input yep. because our input's going to affect our output too. So I, if you have those, like those just like stimuli where you're just like getting in there, you're just, it's just going to stay locked in. Yeah, And then when it's locked in, then you're just like, you're oh, just yeah, freaking yeah. Your out. You brains know. brings constantly,
1: yeah. like just seeing like everyone is evil. The nice neighbor who's an old man with flowers, he's obviously a serial killer. Yeah, <laughs> clearly. Jeez. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's so crazy. It's so it's so interesting. It's kind of like, a, yeah, it's like it, it kind of reminds me of um, just because it's an interesting contrast, but there's a lot of metal singers that are opera singers Are trained opera singers that makes sense so like uh so um uh disturbed yep and they have eddie as the mascot huh didn't know that why can't i remember the other band anyways it's right there but there's a lot of metal there's a lot of metal uh singers that are opera singers and I think it's yeah. just because it's huh. like, well, if you think of like wall, like everything they're doing is like, it's very, if it's not trained, then your vocals are just going to be shredded apart. Yes.
1: Yeah. And, it, and there's a theatrical component to metal.
0: Totally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just look at like so many, there's so many bands that are just like oh, yeah. a thing like war.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's pure theater. <laughs> yeah. it's fun. It's, <laughs>
0: absolutely. So what do you what do you have? Uh, what do you have planned for uh, the next chunk of time? Are are you working on more books? Obviously working on more books. Do you have any kind of like goals for books? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. It's uh, always writing. I try to write at least five or six days of the week. Um, But I've got a new one coming out this year. I'm hoping for the spring, like June, maybe May, but Um, it's basically a dark urban fantasy that's going to act as the flagship for all my writing. Like uh, that Beyond the Macrocosm interactive short story collection is part of the same universe. And all of my work from like the Mental Damnation series to Rave to um, everything else is under the same universe. And it's something I've been building towards since I was a little kid um, making those board games. And I always just thought it was a cool idea to have a super universe where everything happens in the same timeline so you can have characters appear in different books and this new one that I'm working on kind of yeah combines all of those so you've got some of the fantasy elements you've got some of the gritty horror elements and it's got Revenge um, follows a character from a previous book and she's kind of she's basically hell-bent on getting revenge on these gangsters that turns out to be reptilian drug lords <laughs> and she teams up with like Uh, a nymph uh, who's the last of his kind from the fantasy world that you learn what happened to it so it's yeah kind of a thriller but dark urban fantasy and yeah i'm aiming for that one to come out in the spring just it's in the hands of beta readers right now and then then the editor and then i plan the launch do you have a title for
0: it or did you already say it uh the title if if you want to share if you want to share because yeah, yeah, it's probably um, going to be out before you even launch it so that's
1: true yeah i'm leaning toward I, i've been doing market research for it and i'm actually going to have a, a voting ballot in my newsletter uh this month but the title i'm leaning towards is uh crystal moth conspiracy uh ash One. book one
0: Ooh, yeah. that's gonna be cool <laughs> i'm stoked for your box set yeah (laughs) i'll have to make one (laughs) yeah that's super super cool man um so how how much carryover i guess i guess it's kind of storytelling but how much carryover does graphic design have with writing is it still kind of the same creativity muscles because it's still your art Is, is it kind of how it goes
1: yeah the design what i do for the design business and the book's is usually quite different. Sometimes I get authors and bands that um, hire me to do album art or cover art for books or interior formatting for the books. And then the two are like very married. But the usual work tends to be more on the corporate side. So like branding, logos, trade show displays, business cards, um, websites. So that's where a lot of the work comes from. But when I'm doing design for the book stuff, um, I get to have a lot of fun since that. Um, is quite familiar. The material is very familiar to me. So treating myself as a client is super easy. I know the stories. I can do market research and figure out the genres and uh, what covers will work best for it. And I also get to experiment a little bit more with my um, photo illustration work as well. And photo illustration is essentially where you take photographs and you paint on top of them and that's a method I've been using since 2018. Um, It's really fun because you can source a bunch of photographs. Um, You can even take your own photos and you print them all out, and then you can uh, basically cut out the pieces you want and glue it onto uh, a canvas and paint away, and then it creates a really cool surreal effect. Um, Yeah, so I get to use a lot of that with my writing too, which I don't use very much with the corporate design work because they don't need photo illustrations. <laughs> Were you always uh,
0: like, or actually, did you have a lot of uh, creative influences as a kid?
1: Oddly. No, my, I, I learned a lot of business sense uh, from my dad. Cause he was a salesman old school style where like in the nineties, you had to like knock on doors. <laughs> nice and they called them salesmen not account managers um so yeah here's the real deal i learned a lot from him my mom was super or is super great because she uh uh basically let me be creative she would encourage it all the time um so i guess she would be the inspiration or for that because i used to i'd want to paint so she would help me get paint um wanted to sculpt and play with clay so we'd go shopping for clay and, and I didn't have like endless budget, obviously. She she didn't just let me go crazy. Um, but she would, uh, encourage it as best that she could. So yeah, that I think let the, let my imagination kind of do what it wanted. And my brother helped me a lot too, with like, um, figuring out how to get computers working. So that's what led me into playing with Macromedia Flash and then eventually the other design software. So yeah, I think my immediate family would have to be not like that they're creative types but they were always encouraging and offered help where they could
0: i think that's really important with the support the support's really yeah. cool because it, it helps foster that creativity even if there's no like fostering creativity or supporting someone in like a, an endeavor that they want to just try yeah i think just being like yeah give it a go i think there yeah. i think that there should just be more people encouraging like as long as it's within reason. yeah (laughs) i think i think most people just need a little extra support and i I think that that, that's that like that's a perfect example of the contribution of support
1: oh it is and yeah i think people do just generally need that little push um you see it all the time like you someone will they're shy about their idea or that they don't know where to go with it and you just give them a little push and sometimes they'll just keep going and that's that's the coolest thing to see
0: and you just get yeah, and you, it's really exciting, and it's like oh, because you contributed to it too, yeah. Because yeah. it was like it's like the pay it forward, like your parents did it with you, and then so on and so forth. And then I could I, from most of my experiences, or most of the way that I am right now, is because of those little bits of encouragement. Where I'm, a, I'm a coach because I had a good experience with a coach, and I wanted to support other people in their kind of thing. And yeah. now, as I've just gotten older that support has just expanded further outwards to like various things so if i heard someone wanting to try something even if it's like hey i kind of want to do youtube it's like you know what try it what's the worst that can happen like fuck whatever (laughs) yeah yeah you're not gonna
1: i mean highly unlikely you'll get sued and you won't lose your house (laughs) unless you do something completely wrong. But yeah, like and with your coaching, you've managed to do like I bet you you've passed on what that your coach had done for you that got you into coaching. You probably inspired people too. Like you're like, oh yeah. The Kyle was great. Now I'm I'm feel so much like better and they yeah, better as a person because they probably improved their their methods and lifestyle.
0: Totally. Another person that I'm gonna have the po- on the podcast is uh, Andrea Trouton, who is my very first client oh, who's cool. also now writing a book. No way. There you go. (laughs) That's awesome. I I shot her a message. I was like, I got this crazy cool idea where uh, we could, she'll send me like, if it, when she, if she wants to do it, where I'll get to read it, get to break things down. Cause I'm, she said that I'm a little part of it. So that's pretty cool. Very cool. And so then I can have her before the book launches. So it's like a pre book launch and I get to, I was really inspired by the Andrew Huberman Rick Rubin podcast. Cause Huberman got the book before it was released got to ask questions and stuff about it and i really like that idea and it's just a really cool story too yeah because it's the same as like is, and that was 10 years ago she was a a client 10 years ago wow yeah Yeah. that's so cool yeah it's neat so who who do you think in that particular case who do you do you have someone where you provide you gave that support and you just watch them just freaking catapult yeah, yeah, there's been um, a
1: number of authors um, that I would meet at conventions, um, whether I would be doing, I'd be speaking at a panel, giving a presentation, or just having a booth and signing books. Um, people would ask questions, like, anytime during those conventions, and yeah, I've seen them grow as authors, and that is super cool, and they've, like, won awards, Um They've improved their writing over time, and then way back when I used to teach at the design college, even seeing the students now like, oh man, yeah, it would be over a decade ago, um, yeah, seeing them ten years on still like in the industry and doing stuff, and um they yeah, were loved my classes and found it really like inspiring and and whatnot, so yeah, it's cool to see these people like pursue their dreams and it's like oh yeah i played a part and helped i carried it on for them because people helped inspire me and um now i've returned the favor
0: i think that's super cool man yeah so we're getting close we're getting close to the top of the hour and right. uh i don't want to keep you too too long i know you got some food for your hey <laughs> yeah she's still meowing <laughs> right uh But I just wanted to acknowledge you, man. I would just want to say thank you very much for coming onto the podcast, for having a cool conversation. Every time I've ever seen you out in the wild, it was usually in the morning, on the promenade, summertime. And (laughs) every time that we've run into each other, it's always been an insightful conversation. And it's kind of cool because I would come back home and I I would be like, oh, I ran to a con. How's he doing? I'm like oh yeah awesome blah, blah, blah. and we talk about <laughs> some sort of like like i you're somewhere that if i would learn something that day i would you would be the first person i would share it with because i'd see you yeah. out no doubt oh yeah yeah. You're so i just want to say yeah yeah i'm working on, it. <laughs> working on it i'll get there i'll get there and then i'll send you my stuff so that you can check it out and that'd yeah. be better yeah. But um yeah I just want to thank you very much for being a very cool person. You're good, you're well you're well-intentioned. You you got a good heart and you're just a fantastic person to chat with and to know. So thank you. Oh,
1: thanks Kyle. Yeah, likewise. I'm really glad we met uh back in the pandemic and we managed to uh, yeah, keep in touch even after I moved.
0: That's true. Uh so where can people find you?
1: Uh they can find me on Amazon, on Google, Apple Books, um social media basically conlavry k o n n l a v e r y uh, dot .com conlavry.com will take you to my site or if you just conlavry on google you'll find all sorts of results for my books um my design work and uh yeah if you subscribe to the newsletter on my site if you want to learn when this new dark urban fantasy books coming out uh and i also blog about other stuff on my site so just find me on on the internet <laughs> That's everywhere.
0: fantastic so I like to end my podcast with two questions. I'm sure mm-hmm. these questions will evolve as they go. I don't think I sent them to you in advance. So I like
1: surprises. It's going to be good. It's yeah, gonna be good.
0: <laughs> so my first one, my friend, you're on your deathbed. Your books don't exist. Nothing content wise exists. What lesson do you want to pass on?
1: Mm, deathbed. Don't have books. Um... Jeez, that's a good one. You know, I think uh, what lesson would I want to pass on? That uh, that's a real tough one. I would say like something really kind of cliche, but like live a life of quality. Um, Because quite frankly, no one knows where we go after this, so um, we're here now, and um, don't try not to make any regrets. Because that seems to be the common thing everyone says when on their deathbed is regret on certain things like family and friends and why they spent so much
0: time working and not with their loved ones. That's totally fair. That's a good lesson, man. And yeah. I got a, uh, another one. This is the final one. And it kind of, I think it kind of ties into that, but, uh, how would you define living a limitless life? What does it take to live a live limitless life?
1: Ooh, you know, that what it takes i think is perspective <laughs> really short and sweet um cuz uh, you could have someone's limitless life might be you know the the yacht and million dollar mansion someone else's might be off the grid someone else's might be something humble like just owning a small bungalow house and um having no debt so limitless is kind of your perspective on what you even want out of life. And I think that kind of goes back to that death question is like live without regrets and that as few as you can, and that would lead to your limitless, limitless life to do what you want.
0: That is a fantastic answer, dude. And for those of you listening, be sure to go check out Con Lavery everywhere on the internet. <laughs> and if you're listening to this on podcasts, or a podcast app, be sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review, and share it out to your stories and tag me at WarriorBodyKyle. That's my Instagram handle. And if you're on YouTube, be sure to like, subscribe, comment one of your favorite takeaways from this author extraordinaire. And outside of that, I hope your day treats you as good as you look. Thank you very much for tuning in today. Before you go, I would like to ask a small, small favor from you, and that would be to subscribe wherever you are listening to this. If it's on YouTube, subscribe on YouTube. If it's on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, click subscribe so you will get more of these podcast episodes. It would mean the world to me. I truly, truly appreciate it. And while you're at it, if you can share this episode with a friend, that would be amazing. Thank you very much, and I'll chat with you later.